0: morning good afternoon good evening no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this and you tune into the only sports podcast with brains and bars it's another episode of it's a black and white thing i am your host a1 you can call me carlos you can also call me dan you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by searching wherever podcasts can be are found or and are distributed. You can search at Brains and Bars, if and if you happen to do that, please follow, rate, and review, and subscribe. We're also live on YouTube.com. Go to at Brains and Bars or just search Brains and Bars on YouTube. Please rate, review, and subscribe there. Um, hit the notification bell and comment on all the videos if you don't mind. Um, welcome. In my in his absence, let me also shout out the homie award. You can go to imaward.com for all of uh all of his content, music, merch, and battle related. Um, so you know, we got a good little show lined up for you today. Um, probably be here maybe 30 or so minutes. Um I'm going to throw in the link here. I'm going to throw into the comments, I should say, um, a link that if you would like to join the show, you're more than welcome to. We can take your, you know, uh, if you want to talk about the games this weekend, you want to talk about NBA, whatever you want to talk about. If you want to talk about a little battle rap, if you are into that thing, we can talk battle rap as well. Uh, Let me jump on Facebook and do the same thing here. And then we will keep this thing rolling, keep it moving. So I'm going to drop that in the comments on my personal page. There's a link if you want to jump in and give your thoughts on anything that happened over the weekend. All right. So let's get into it, man. So new format for those who are uh, new to the program. Welcome. We appreciate you. Um, Streaming numbers, at least from a SoundCloud perspective, look pretty good. So we appreciate those who are listening and rocking with us. Um, For those who are new to the show, welcome. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Um, So we start we're starting a new segment now with the show. And I just like to call this pregame. It's got a little bit of a sports feel, a little bit of a battle rap feel to it. These are three topics um, across (laughs) There are three topics across uh, the sports of battle rap landscape that are worth watching or worth following. So I'm let me set my timer here. I may. I'm going to go two minutes because it's just me. I don't have war with me and we'll jump into the first topic. So the first topic from uh, the battle rap world, we'll start there, is madness. Madness, I tell you, it is upon us. Midnight Madness went down this weekend. Down in Atlanta for the first time. Shout out to all uh, to Sue Surf, Bill Collector, Jack Boy Maine, and the entire team there that helped get this uh, endeavor launching off the ground. The weekend started with a little kickback at a bowling alley. They had a, a, a good time, a little bowling tournament there. Shout out to the homie Anwar. Anwar won the trophy uh, for winning the uh, bowling tournament. And then we got to the actual thing that they went there to do: the the bars. Um, and so let's let's run over these run through, excuse me, these winners. So shout out to Hustle. He was the winner of the one man army belt. If you want to do your battle rap history, Hustle is like the soldier boy of battle rap in that he was the first person to win a belt in Midnight Madness. a little piece of trivia for you. Bad News won the underdog belt, beating J2. Shuni beat Fendi to win the women's hardcore belt. Truffaut beat drugs and the most highly contested battle of the night. It was a split decision, four to three uh, judges' dec- decision to win the war dog belt. Snake Eyes uh, won the men's hardcore belt. Um, Snake Eyes will put his belt on the line in against Swamp in March, and Luke Castro defeated Big T to win the undisputed championship belt. Now, First of all, let me say congratulations to all the winners. Um, I'm excited for you all. I think that's pretty dope. Um, Here's my thing as it relates to Midnight Madness. Like I'm excited for this endeavor. I am anticipating the drops on YouTube so that I'll be able to check those out. The thing that I am most interested in is what this does for the battlers going forward. Now, I've seen a lot of conversation and talk about, you know, snake eyes I know Cortez, he was originally going to put the belt up against Cortez, but that doesn't fit within when you win a belt. There's a 60-day window in which you have to defend that belt or you have to give it up, right? So, um, you know, within the 60-day time limit, he'll take on Swamp, and apparently he's going to battle Cortez at some point down the line, I'm I'm assuming, if he retains his belt. But what I want to see for for Midnight Madness and for these battlers in particular, because this is, according to Sue Surf for the battlers FTB Um, I want to see what this does for their brand what this does for their pockets like I want to see these guys win I want to see them be able to book more high profile matches be able to increase their earnings and therefore increase their brand so you know shout out to everyone who competed in Midnight Madness shout out to again to the team for putting that together it seems like it was a rousing success and I'm looking forward to again these battles dropping On YouTube, by the way, which is a huge thing in the era of URL and their app and iBattle and their app um, and seeing how that has changed how we consume battles and popular culture. um, I want to see what that does just by having those YouTube drops. So salute to those guys. All right. So let's jump into the next uh, news item for today. Uh, Breaking news. Rihanna is pregnant. She's having her first baby with ASAP Rocky and (laughs) this news hit. Now, there have been rumors about this. uh, There have been rumors about this about a couple of months ago, I believe. Rihanna shot them down, but she appeared with ASAP um, in a in a tweet or at least at least I saw it on Twitter. She appeared with ASAP. In a photo with a baby bump. So congratulations to them and to every, I'm pretty sure all across the world, but particularly in the West, men all across America were saddened. And Drake as well was also saddened by this. So shout out to her. I really don't have too much to really add about that. I just wanted to get the Drake little Drake quip off. Um, uh, but anyway, I'm gonna keep it moving. <laughs> uh the next story of the day and final story of the day. Actually, no, I take that back. I take that back. I got two more stories. Um T- I messed that up. T B or not T B? That is the question. Tom Brady was reported to retire over the weekend, and news broken by Adam Schefter um, and Jeff Darlington. Um, t- now, soon thereafter, that news news broke. Tom Brady jumped up and refuted that. The team refuted that. His agent refuted that. That he is not retired and that he is still going to, he has not made up his mind about whether or not he's going to play in 2022 or 2022-2023 season. Um, You know, here's my thoughts on this particular topic. I find it sad that in, in this landscape, in this era that we live in, that our society is either so starved for news or our sport, our our 24-hour news cycle is so thirsty for news that they couldn't allow Tom Brady the courtesy of retiring on his own terms. Tom Brady's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Let, let me let me hip y'all to something. Jerry Rice is the greatest football player of all time. Um, debate your mother. But Tom Brady, one of the greatest football players of all time, one, you know, top two top five top ten however whatever place you want to put him in and he could not have the media could not allow him the decency of being able to announce his own retirement he was not given and you know how Brady kicks it Brady is a man who loves to put on a good production I'm pretty sure his announcement was going to be some five minute video probably with uh opponents uh teammates both past and present maybe speaking about this maybe his family might be involved in this video we know how brady gives it up and the fact that he wasn't allowed the the opportunity to put together a pre a pre-produced package that would allow him that would allow him to be able to get his announcement out the way he wanted to that made me a little bit sad man um I'm a, I respect Tom Brady and his talent. I'm a, It frustrates me to the way that he is covered. I feel like he is overpraised. He's not overhyped. He's overpraised, and that then annoys me. But he is someone who has earned that type of praise, that type of respect, that type of adulation from media journalists and fans. And so I feel like Adam Schefter, Jeff Darlington, Ian Rappaport, and, and others – should have allowed him the courtesy to be able to retire on his own terms. Not as some breaking news piece that just kind of gets thrown out there over the weekend, but allow him to, again, like I said, sit down in front of a camera, whether it's a documentary, whether it's a a 10-minute long-form piece, just allow him to do what he wants. Um, Although I would love it if he just decided to come back and play for another season, simply despite Adam Schefter and those who reported it. So, um, speaking of Michigan men, Michigan men no more. Jim Harbaugh is reportedly, is reportedly um, in. Pers- he's met with the Minnesota Vikings and he is reportedly interested, intrigued, I believe is the word used in a tweet, by that job. Um, and so now we're in a place where, Mich- where Jim Harbaugh, coming off Michigan's most successful season since he's been there, made the college football playoff. Now he got pummeled by Georgia but he finally beat Ohio State. Um, And I think that would be interesting for Jim. Now, the issue with Jim Harbaugh has been is that he wears out his welcome, right? This was kind of reported when he left Stanford. When he left the 49ers, it was reported that he had also worn out his welcome there. And so I thought that college football, especially returning back to his alma mater, made the most sense for him because, one, it's hard to wear out your welcome, one, at your alma mater. Two, um, it's hard to wear out your welcome because students, student athletes are the, are not there long enough for you to grind them and get on their nerves, right? They're cycling out every three to four years. Um, They're cycling out every three to four years. And so they're not there long enough for you to wear them down into the ground. And because you have so much power, you're able to, even if someone doesn't like you, if you're getting on people's nerves, they don't have the leverage to push you out the door. If I'm Jim Harbaugh, I will stay at Michigan. You're coming off your most successful season ever. Um, while you're there, you've beaten Michigan State. This has caused a little bit of a bump in recruiting. Continue to ride that wave and stay at a place where they're not going to fire you. He could go 10 and three this year. And I think his job is safe. He could go 10 and 3 the next couple of years and his job is safe. Uh, So let me know what you guys think about that. You can hit us up by going to at Brains and Bars on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram and uh, giving your take on those topics. What do you think about Rihanna getting pregnant? Do you think you were going to be the person who was going to get Rihanna pregnant? Because I don't think you were. Uh, What do you think about about John Harbaugh going potentially leaving Michigan? Tom Brady, will he or will he not retire? And if you're into battle rap, what do you think about Midnight Madness, the results from the first ever Midnight Madness and what matchups would you like to see on Midnight Madness? Listen to Vita. Momentum is not a thing in sports. Um, I'm I'm not going to unpack all of that right now. We can do that at another time. But momentum in sports is not real. Hey. Can't miss what you never had, I guess, my man. But, all right, yo, let's get into the main topic for today. NFL Conference Championship weekend just went down. Two closely contested games, two interesting games. Um, I'm going to start in the NFC first because, one, that's my turf. I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. Um, And then we'll get into the hometown Kansas City Chiefs in just a second. So, before I get into – the breakdown of this game I want to bring up because I feel like this tweet encapsulated both games. Right. So as I get ready to talk about the San Francisco 49ers versus the uh, Los Angeles Rams, there's a tweet from MC Reach. Um, MC Reach is a dope local artist here in Kansas City. I know he's also contributed at times for Arrowhead Pride, uh, but he had this tweet now. It's related to the Chiefs. And I won't read the entire tweet until I get to the um portion until i get to talking about the chiefs but one of the things statements he makes in this tweet is winning is a fragrance that masks a bad smell all right so i'm going to read that again winning is a fragrance that masks a bad smell right so i want to bring up that part of the tweet as it relates to the san francisco 49ers now first of all congratulations to the los angeles rams they did what they had to do. They they tweeted it out several times when they made trades for Von Miller for OBJ, that they were all in. Getting Matt Stafford, they're all in. They push all their chips in the middle of the table. Um, they said, forget them kids when it comes to those first-round draft picks. I don't think they've had a first-round draft pick in about five or six years. They won't have one this year or I believe next year um in their trade for Matt Stafford. But as it relates to the San Francisco 49ers. People who know me know I am not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. If you know how I categorize quarterbacks, I talk about quarterbacks in the certain and I put them in tiers. There's your elite guys. We're talking about your Mahomes, your Allen, your Brady's, your Rodgers. They're good quarterbacks. Like I thought Kirk. I think Kirk Cousins was a good quarterback this year. Right. It didn't always work out for them, obviously, with their win loss record and not making the playoffs. But I thought he was good this year. Um, I think Justin Herbert is a good quarterback. I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. And then you have the the mediocre tier and then the bad tier. Now, the bad tier are quarterbacks, you know, Zach Wilson. Um, trying to think who else will fit in that bad tier this year. Um, I don't want to – I'm, I'm going to pick on rookie quarterbacks, but I'm thinking of Trevor Lawrence, was not especially good this year. Um, I don't think Jameis was especially good this year. Um, so those, Baker, Mayfield, shout out to Tavita, to, to Sam Darnold, bad quarterback this year. But then you have the mediocre quarterbacks. And see, in my opinion, of all four tiers, having a mediocre quarterback is the worst quarterback to have. It's the worst type of quarterback to have. Why do I say that? Because a mediocre quarterback will play just well enough, just well enough at times to give you the hope or or the idea that he is actually decent, but then will turn around and play so badly that it completely torpedoes any chance your team has to win. And that is what Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's a mediocre quarterback. He will give you the occasional half where he plays well. He might give you at the end of the game when you need a drive. He might give you a drive like week 18, where he drives them down to send the game in the overtime or the division around against the Packers where where he does nothing for four quarters and then is able to to connect on two passes that gets you to the NFC title game right um i think Jesse used that word on purpose a lot of momentum that Jim Harbaugh is leaving but i believe it when i see it we'll see um but getting back to Garoppolo he, he does just enough to make you believe that maybe he can be something of substance of value to your team. But then he has games like last night. Now he throws two touchdowns. One is a screen that basically he completed the pass to Debo. Debo did all the work. The pass to Kittle was a high pass that shouldn't have been thrown that high that Kittle shows off his extreme athleticism, goes up, gets it, and is able to hold on. But outside of those two drives, he was terrible. And then you get to the the final drive of the game. And he he's, you know, he he's getting sacked. He goes Mahomes, and he throws the football over his head and tries to complete a pass to Jermichael Hasty. It's too high. Bounces off his hands. Interception game over. Jimmy Garoppolo. First of all, let me let me let me be nice. Let me be nice. Jimmy Garoppolo was a quarterback who helped turn around the Niners franchise. Regardless of how much he was a part of that, how much in terms of his production, in terms of what he brought to the table on the field, I'm not here to debate that piece of it. He was the quarterback that helped them turn their record around, make a Super Bowl, you know, make it to an NFC title game this year, right? And Might I admit and add, for three quarters, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. At the end of the third quarter, his third quarter stats, he went eight for nine for 110 yards and a touchdown. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes for most of the Super Bowl. And then the fourth quarter happened. And Patrick Mahomes did what he did. Jimmy Garoppolo did what he did. And we see who has a ring, right? That being said, Jimmy Garoppolo is not to be trusted. He is a mediocre quarterback. He is not a good quarterback. He was done no favors by his head coach, who I've had a little bit of a love-hate relationship with. I went off after the game, after the Cowboys game, because I thought that he mismanaged, Kyle Shanahan mismanaged that game to the point to where they almost lost it, right? I thought he mismanaged it that poorly. Um, And so fourth and two, I've talked about the fact that there is a need for a Madden game coordinator with head coaches, someone who's played 10,000 hours of more of Madden, who's been in these pressure packed situations where you have to make split decisions because the clock is is working against you. Right. I feel like a guy like Kyle Shanahan not only needs maybe a Madden game coordinator, if not a Madden game coordinator, kind of of a common sense, like read the room guy to talk to him and say, hey, Kyle, it's fourth and two. You're up by three. Your defense has been getting shredded. Now, it hasn't resulted in points, right? Missed field goal from the Rams. They had two touchdown passes that that, uh, Ben Skoranek and um, Cooper Cup dropped that should have been touchdown passes. You've been skating. Your defense has been skating by all game long. And somehow, you're up three, right? You're up three. At this point, you have got to go for it on fourth and two. Pick out whatever play call you want. Pick out your best pass play because the run game wasn't working. Shout out to my homie Jesse. He says my son calls out uh, calls stuff out all the time based off video game situations. It's a simulation. You're you're you're. It's a simulation, and that simulation can prepare you for a real life experience, at least in terms of providing advice, right? Right. Maybe not making the right play call, but at least providing a little bit of advice for a coach who may not be able to see the forest for the trees. And so Kyle Shanahan, in that moment, fourth and two, you've got to understand that your your defense is holding on by the skin of its, by the hairs on its chinny, chin, chin. Your quarterback, while as unpredictable as the Missouri weather, right, you've got to give him an opportunity to put this game on his shoulders. It's an... Fourth and two is an advantage for your quarterback. It's not a disadvantage because the Rams have to play the run. They have to play the pass, right? Give him an opportunity to make a play and keep that drive going. Maybe you end up with a field goal. Maybe you end up with a touchdown. And maybe you don't win the game, but you at least put the Rams in a precarious position if you're able to put some points on the board. He doesn't do that. They end up coming down, tying the game, taking the lead later on. They lose. They lose. And it's a game. The Rams were a better team. Like, I want to say that. The Rams were a better team, but Sean McVay almost single-handedly out-coached Shanahan and being a bad coach, risking timeouts um, going for stupid challenges. Um, The challenge with Stafford was ridiculous. He was short. You saw it from the jump. You didn't need to do that. The fumble, risking it there, not having any timeouts with the majority of the fourth quarter at your disposal, crazy. So, I mean, again, shout out to the Rams. Their players came to play. Their defense shut down the running game. And if you shut down the San Francisco running game and you make it a Jimmy Garoppolo game, your chances of winning increase exponentially. Um, but Sean McVay has got to clean up some of his coaching mistakes, some of his coaching blunders, because while we'll talk more about the Super Bowl next week, in my right now I would say the Rams should win this game and they should win it comfortably. But if you if you have those same coaching blunders that you had against the 49ers, the Bengals are a good enough team to make you pay for it, as you saw. Um, and and with this, with this, shout out to the homie Jesse. He said three of the four coaches in the NFC West look like frat bros that are going out drinking after the game. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you hire younger guys. And I know I've seen some of my homies here who root for the Chiefs feel like that maybe younger coaches are needed for their coaching staff and I'm like yeah you know younger doesn't always equal better um as we've seen just from the decisions that have been made from young coaches across the league this year Zach Taylor and his gambit and his gamble um against the Chiefs in that in the week 8 17 game where he kept going for it on fourth down and and he got bailed out by penalties but that was almost a disastrous situation where they didn't get an opportunity to win the game because he kept going for it. Um, the young man who coaches the Chargers, whose name I'm, I'm blanking on uh, right now. Um, let me look that up real quick. But he kept going for fourth. I feel like he was, a, he's a hes a guy who played a lot of Madden, but he is always go for it on fourth down guy. Um Man, I'm blanking on his name. Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley was a guy who was to me was too aggressive in going forward on fourth down. Sean McVay, I feel like can be a guy. Uh <laughs> shout out to Domi Tavita. He says, as a person who has Matt Rule, I would gladly take Andy off Casey's hands. Listen, again younger does not always equal better. Brandon Staley, I felt like, was too aggressive in going for it on fourth downs, and he cost his team a playoff spot by being too aggressive. By contrast, here's my concern with a coach like um, Kyle Shanahan. My concern with a coach like Kyle Shanahan is that he can be too conservative to the point where it will not matter who he has on his team. You could give him Patrick Mahomes, you can give him Patrick Mahomes, Cooper Cup. OBJ, Debo, Derek Henry in the backfield and give him an all-world offensive line, right? And if it's fourth and one on the opponent's side of the field, up three, defense has been struggling and you need to keep your offense on the field and keep the the defense off, he'll punt. He's that conservative. And my concern is, is that it will not matter what personnel he has on his team, what superstars he has on his team, that they will not win because his decision making as it relates to those type of calls will always be lacking. <laughs> the homie Tavita says McVeigh is the guy who has a charger in high school and has to do donuts every day when he leaves. <laughs> we get it, my guy. We get it. I, I actually agree with that. Sean McVeigh is yeah, it, he 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 like he's drinking he pours red bull in his coffee i'll put it like that when it comes to sean Sean McVay. but shout out to the to the rams another team playing a home super bowl and we'll see what happens to them in a couple of weeks so let me know what you guys think about the nfc title game you get us up by going to at brands and bars on twitter and facebook and ig so let's jump into the hometown kansas city chiefs i had a um a co-worker of mine uh was this friday she messaged me, sent me an email. And in the email, she goes, you know, she made this statement about, hey, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I said, hey, I'm confident. I feel I, I picked the Chiefs to win the game. I, I said, I feel confident that the Chiefs will win the game. However, don't count your chickens before they hatch. She replied back to me with a gif or gif, depending on how you want to say it, of Travis Kelsey laughing. And she's like, yeah, right. Well, as you know, unless you've been hiding underneath a rock, Cincinnati Bengals came to town. And three hours later on Sunday, it was 27-24 in overtime, Kansas City. I'm sorry, the Cincinnati Bengals over the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime to punch their ticket to Super Bowl 56. So it is at this point that I want to bring up this full tweet from MC Reach, right? So he says of the Chiefs. Part of this team's mystique has been built around overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to win big games. Winning is a fragrance that masks a bad smell. Now, when speaking of the Niners, the bad smell was Jimmy Garoppolo, and they won, masking that bad smell. He goes on to say the subtext is that the Chiefs failed to play complete games in big moments that bit them today in the conference championship. And I thought that was a very compelling and interesting tweet. And and it is true. When you look at the history of the Chiefs, in, whether it's conference championship games, whether it's uh, the, the championship run of 2019, 2018, they were blanked, I believe, at the half by New England. Came back in the second half, forced overtime, lost in overtime. The championship run, down 24 to the Titans, down 10. I'm sorry, down 24 to the Texans, 10 to the Titans, 10, down 10 in the Super Bowl, overcame all of those odds. Um, not so much in 2020, right? 2020, um they struggled with the Browns, they handled the uh handled the Bills, and then everything falls apart in the Super Bowl. But even this year, even in their all of their losses. They didn't play a complete game. They shot themselves in the foot. In the first half, 21 to 3, 21 to 10, one yard line going into the going into halftime. At worst, you kick a field goal, you're up two touchdowns. You score a touchdown with you getting the ball out the half. Maybe the game is over. They don't score. The Bengals switch up their defense, only dropping three. I think the, the stat was 35% of the time, the Bengals dropped a rush three i'm sorry dropped eight in the coverage and it was produced one of Mahomes' worst halves of football ever and my thing with patrick mahomes is i feel like now i feel like this rush three drop eight was kind of like a junk defense right because you don't normally drop eight one of the eight be a lineman who's acting as a spy normally if you're dropping eight it's eight in the coverage sam hubbard was not acting as a man in coverage he was simply there as a spy he he got in the way of crossing routes so i want to be a little bit fair to him but he was there to simply watch mahomes and mirror his movements right and i feel like when they throw these kind of unorthodox i shouldn't call it junk defense unorthodox defenses at patrick mahomes that it scrambles his brain and he can't he he's trying to figure it out in real time right and process what he's seeing And it causes him, it's almost like it's an error and he locks up and he can't figure it out. And to me, that is something that he needs to learn how to work through. But it also goes to coaching. Right. The coaches have to come up and say, "Okay, they're doing this. We have to adjust. We saw this in the Super Bowl. Right. The uh, Buccaneers said we were daring them to run the football and they refused to do it. The Chiefs offense. Offensive head head coaches, Reed, Eric Bieniemy, Mike Kafka, they've got to be able to see these things, diagnose it in real time, and come up with something to combat that. And the thing that needed to be that needed to be done was to run the football, run, run, run until they come, until you force them out of that particular defense. Um, if you go and look at the rushing stats, at least yards per carry for all of the Chiefs running backs, I think it was six yards a carry for uh, CEH. It was five-something to carry for McKinnon. There's no, when you have those kind of numbers, that means first down, you're second and four or second and five, and then you're picking up the first down. Or if you run it again, make them prove that they can stop the run if they're going to drop that many people in coverage. Call a draw play. Do something other than Mahomes, go back, scramble around, make something happen. And listen, I get why. I get why you would do something like that because you have the Steph Curry of the NFL, right? So my my uncle said, Mahomes is trying to do too much. And I said, listen, you may be right about that, but I will live with Patrick Mahomes trying to do too much versus just about any other quarterback in the league because when Mahomes does too much it leads to something special it leads to points it leads to touchdowns right but winning is a fragrance that masks a bad smell and when it comes to this team they can get intoxicated on well patrick will make something happen tyreek down there somewhere oh he'll find travis oh he'll scramble he'll get the yards oh he'll do and sometimes you need to take that load off that off that franchise quarterback and say, hey, Patrick, I get it. You're all world. But this drive, it's all about the offensive line and the running game until they show that they can stop it, until so they show they can slow it down. The same goes to the defensive side of the ball. They went on that winning streak, won what, eight of the last nine games, the loss to the Bengals being the only one in the regular season. And hey, the defense is fixed. Look at they're they're shutting teams down. They're doing this. They're doing that. And yeah, they are, but they're doing it to Jordan Love. They are, but they're playing, they're beating up on the Raiders. Yeah, you're, yeah, you did it, but you're beating up on Daniel Jones and the Giants. And to their credit, right, at, when they were doing those things, it was sorely needed and necessary because they weren't stopping anybody. It did not matter who they were playing. Teams were putting up numbers on the boards on their defense. So it was a good thing to see them turn it around. But. It might be time for the Kansas City Chiefs to embrace new voices, fresh voices. Maybe you look at replacing Steve Spagnuolo. Eric enemy's contract is up. Maybe now one of my homies suggested maybe Mike Kafka get moves up to to uh, OC. But is that really a fresh voice, right? Because he's he's with been within the program. And listen. NFL programs are like they run off clockwork, right? Like they don't like change. They don't like making major changes. However, you watch this front office, do that with their offensive line, right? Offensive line needed rehauling, needed retooling. They did that. Maybe it's time to embrace that same thought with the coaches. It definitely needs to happen with the defense. There are certain guys who are on this team who probably should not be here next year. If you li- listen to Honey Badger talk, he's not. I think he's already embracing the fact that he will not be here next year because I don't think they're going to offer him a contract. Or if they do, it won't be a contract to his liking. But winning is a fragrance that masks a bad smell. And this team consistently throughout this year, when they faced the best teams, when they faced the Bills, when they faced now the Chargers, they didn't make the playoffs, but they're a good team. When they faced the the Bengals twice a fourteen and an eighteen point lead blown. You can't convince me that the Bengals are a better team than the Chiefs. However, they were able to capitalize on mistakes when they made them, which is the hallmark of a good team, right? So I don't want bang, a Bengal fan or a Bengal fan to hear this and think that I'm trying to slight your team. No, they made the requisite plays necessary to win and advance and get to the Super Bowl. But this is, to me, a flawed team with a flawed head coach. And just it just so happens that no one in the playoffs has been able to expose that. And that's fine. That's fine because those guys get paid to, to scheme up things and execute as well. But I wanna ask this question to Chiefs fans. I did this after the first Super Bowl and I wonder what they would say now. You won a Super Bowl in 2019. In 10 years from now, 10 years from now, what's up, Brian? 10 years from now, if all you have is one, Patrick Mahomes' career is winding down, it's coming to a close. If all you have is one Super Bowl, will you be satisfied? Will you be happy? What will you say about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs if that is all they have At the end of 10 years, because I was reminded watching another show, uh, watching a clip from another show today, after they won that first one, guys came out and said, sky's the limit. We're going to win five. Tyreek Hill said seven. And right now you're still at one. Will you be satisfied if that is the best that it got, that it gets for you guys with 15 as your quarterback? Now, with that being said. I was hoping to have this little bit of monologue after the Chiefs won the game. I do think we have to place some respect on what the Chiefs have done. Right? Like going to going to two Super Bowls, four AFC title games in a row is not easy. If anything, this playoff run that is concluding in a, a Super Bowl between two four seeds should let you know that winning is hard. It is not it's not as such it's so as easy as oh god here come them here come the chiefs offense oh god there's aaron Rodgers. oh man there's brady game over it's not so simple as these guys show up and the other side wilts and simply quits it takes hard work execution and a lot of luck to go your way to win the championship and so i hope that not only chiefs fans but that nationally people put some respect on the chief's name for what they've accomplished in this short four years and counting because this team, even though they're going to look differently than they did next year, than they did this year could still be, they're probably going to be the Vegas favorite to win the super bowl next year. If they're not the favorite, they're going to be top three to win the super bowl next year. Why? They have 15, they still have 10, they still have 87, right? So I hope that people put respect on their name. And I and here's what's going to happen. It's going to frustrate me. It's going to bug me. I hope that the NFL media will please stop the, the hype beasting for one moment and simply embrace what great players are doing within that moment without elevating them to some tier that they're not ready for, right? So what I mean by that is this. Patrick Mahomes was the, is the next greatest thing since sliced bread, right? Um, I've already heard Joe Burrow, shout out to him. He was he was clutch in the second half. Joe Burrow is, he's Joe cool. He's Joe, he's the new Joe Montana. He's the new, this is the guy who's ready to become Tom Brady. Second year, and we're already comparing him to Tom Brady. Slow it down. Mac Jones, when Mac Jones was drafted, Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady. When they went on that seven-game winning streak, he's the, they have got their Brady. They, they found their Brady. And then he gets smacked in the playoffs by the Bills, and all of a sudden, well, Mac Jones is just a guy. Right. He's not he's let's let me he's not Brady. He's just a guy. And I'm not sure that maybe this there's a ceiling already over the Patriots head with this guy. Like, wait, you just went from a month ago. He was Tom Brady 2.0. And now he's just a guy. Right. So if Joe Brady happens to get smacked in the Super Bowl or if Joe Brady in the playoffs next year isn't good, he's not able to the, the tackles that he was breaking in the pocket, he's not able to break them next year. Don't go from, well, we thought this guy was Tom Brady. He's just a guy. Like, just simply enjoy what you're watching in the moment. Because Chiefs fans and to the rest of the NFL, we may be entering a new golden age for quarterback play. I never I never thought that we would have quarterbacks as good as that era where there was a Montana, a Marino, an Elway, um, a Brett Favre, um, a Steve Young a Troy Aikman, we are entering what could be a new era, a new golden era of quarterback play. Just look in the AFC. You got Mahomes, you got Allen, you got Burrow, you got Herbert, right? That's, that's four really good quarterbacks who are going to be fighting for a championship year in and year out. I think Trevor Lawrence still has... Uh, still has potential. Shout out to you, Darius. Good to see you too, man. Or <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Um, you know you have these quarterbacks who could alter who, who knows what's going to happen over the next five to seven years. Then you still have, for now, Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. Um, you still you got a Trey Lance era, maybe getting ready to kick off and not maybe it's going to be kicking off next year in San Francisco. Right. You still have Russell Wilson over there. We could be watching an era where we talk about parity in the NFL, where it is going to be super hard for teams to make it to the championship, because at every step, there's going to be a great quarterback standing in their way. Shots at homie Dorsey, he mentioned Deshaun Watson, who knows what happens with him, but he's out there um shout out to the homie jesse he said he would look at the Bengals, Bengals. i keep calling them Bengals. the Bengals. i would look at them like the pistons of the early 2000s grateful i'm sorry the chiefs i would look at them like the pistons of the early 2000s grateful for one championship but should have had at least one more and to me this was the year to get it i'm um, not to say that again you can't say that a team that has been to four to the final four four years in a row is not going to make it um, but again we're in an era of what could be a new a new Paradigm shift for quarterback play. Here's the other thing I'll say about the Chiefs fans too. This is something you don't want to hear. You should be celebrated for the success you've had, for the run you've had over this past four years. But here is what you risk becoming if you cannot have a complete game that leads to a championship. You risk becoming the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves had an incredible era of dominance, winning their division, I believe, 14 years, 15 years in a row, making it to, but only making it to two World Series and only winning one. You risk becoming the Atlanta Braves. Or from a college basketball standpoint, you risk becoming the Kansas Jayhawks, where all you can talk about is, well, we won the Big 12. Twelve years in a row, thirteen years in a row, fourteen years in a row. You risk becoming that sort of team where all you can talk about is well, we won the West. Well, we won, we won the AFC, but it didn't materialize in a championship. And listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a guy who is championship robust. That's not how I kick it, because like I said earlier, winning is hard. Winning is hard. But at some point you would like to finish off a couple of these runs and end it with a championship because your team is too talented and it's too good to continue falling short. But man, listen, shout out to the Bengals. Bengals, dang it. I'm going to be doing that for the rest of my life. Shout out to the Bengals. They did what they had to do. They have a great... They, listen, if they get an offensive line, whoo, they get an offensive line, Bills, Chiefs. Bengals it's their world and everyone else is going to be fighting to get above those three teams that's if the Bengals can get that offensive line but let us let me know what you think about that man Uh, that's my time I appreciate y'all joining in Um, you can hit us up by going to Twitter Facebook YouTube um, IG I'm sorry certainly it's a black and white thing commenting on on everything that's happened in the world of sports Uh, we'll be back next week water will probably be back with me next week. We'll be breaking down everything related to the Super Bowl. Until next time, it's been a black and white thing. Until next week, y'all be easy. Peace.